Hallelujah. I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1. We've begun a new phrase we're using to teach out of, and we're talking about being supernatural. I want you to look across the aisle, look across your friend, somebody. I want you to say, I serve a supernatural God. And then I want you to say it with some real emphasis, like you really mean it. I want you to look at somebody and say, I serve a supernatural God. We serve a God that's more than enough. How many know he's more than enough? I want everybody to shout out, my God is more than enough. Now, I want everybody to do it. I'm, I'm coming down to look. Today, we all going to participate. Come on, if somebody's not doing it, point. You know, just let, let me know. Just point. Amen. I serve a supernatural God, and he is more than enough. He's more than enough healing. He's more than enough help. He's more than enough protection. He's more than enough uh, 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 giving. He's more than enough. My God is more than enough. Come on, I want you to, you got to, I want to get this in you before I get going. I serve a God who is more. Come on, say it again. I serve a God that's more than enough. He's more than enough for my family. He's more than enough in my car. He's more than enough at the kitchen sink. He's more than enough at my job. He's more than enough with my friends. And he's more than enough with my family. I serve a God that is more than enough. You may as well hook up with me this morning. I already preached this once. I got fired up in Sumter. I didn't come back burnt out. I came back fired up. I want you to know I got rode all the way back in the car. And on the inside of me, just like there's just a, just, a, just a hopping going on. Like I can't even explain that God, is, if God be for me, it really doesn't matter who's against me. It doesn't matter who comes to challenge me. It doesn't matter what circumstances arise. God is more than enough. I serve a supernatural God. I live a supernatural life. God takes my natural and he puts the super on it. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. I'm not saying we don't go through things. We all go through things. Everybody in this room is going through stuff. I mean, you're going through stuff because it's the world you live in. You're going through stuff because of your neighbors. You're going through stuff because it's the job you're on. You're going, but the Bible says, he says, many are the afflictions of a righteous person. But the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, but the Lord. But the Lord shall deliver us from them all. Come on, I want you to say it again. God's going to deliver me from it all. It's going to be all right. It's going to turn around. God's going to work it out. God's going to fix it. God's going to help me. God's going to make, it, make me get through. God. Man, I'm, I tell you, I'm fired up. Mm, 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 mm. Hallelujah.
Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may as well praise him. You may as well praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, more than enough. Hallelujah. If all I said this morning is I serve a God that is more than enough. He's more than enough for every challenge, more than enough for every situation, more than enough for your finances, more than enough. He's more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. One more time, lift your hands, give him praise, would you? Come on, give him praise. Join, join in the worship. Join in praising. Join. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. 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 Ooh, hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. You know, when we first started the church over on Palmetto Street, we were in a 2,500 square foot building, which is not very big. It's just, it's small. But I would go in there and pray in the mornings and the afternoons. I just went every, you know, because you just didn't have a lot to do. So prayer was more of what you would do because it wasn't a lot of natural things. And, you know, I mean, obviously it's where you want to be, but at that time it was more. And I, and I, I would, uh, I, I was walking across the front just praying, and as I'm walking across the front thinking about the church, the Lord would just speak, you know, He just speaks to our spirit. And as I'm walking, I, I was, you know, I had used the word small church. I heard, I heard myself say small church, and it was like the Lord came in the room. And as I'm walking up the, the aisle, there were two aisles at the back, and there were two doors at the back with rugs at the back. Just to give you, like it was centered, we had two sections and there was a, uh, uh, a center section. So three sections with aisles, two outside aisles. I'd always pray up the aisle and come down the other aisle. And as I was going up this aisle, the Lord came in, in, in the room. And uh, the Lord said to me, you're not a small church. You're just a young church. Hallelujah. In other words, he was correcting me. Don't you connect yourself to what you're not. You're just a young church. How many know you get bigger as you get older? How, how many know that? I mean, when we were little, we were just a small church in the sense that we were young. We were young. But as I'm walking down that aisle, all of a sudden I hear the Lord say, you're at the epicenter of what I'm about to do. You're at the epicenter of what I'm about to do. And the Lord has really been dealing with me over the last few weeks about Corinthians where it says, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech and the wisdom of men that your faith should not depart or that your faith should stand in the power and the demonstration of, Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Our faith should stand in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And he's been birthing that into me again. He reminded me of what he showed me. But this morning as I'm coming back, he reminded me of walking down that, that, that aisle. Hallelujah. And as I'm walking down the aisle, I heard the Holy Ghost say, you're at the center. You're at the epicenter of what I'm about to do. Well, you know, we always think of God and the way he works sometimes as that moment. 
But God wasn't talking about that moment. He was talking about God has something he wants to do. And he's going to use us to be a part of that. How many believe that God has a plan? A plan. Amen. God showed me. I, I saw these waves. I was out in Myrtle Beach. The Lord gave me a vision. He took me out of Myrtle Beach. If you haven't heard my vision, you'll hear it along the way. But I was in the car. All of a sudden, I wasn't in the car anymore. And I'm, I'm out at Myrtle Beach. And as I'm on the beach, I'm seeing the waves go by. People are on waves. And they're riding these waves into the shore. Some of them have reached the shore. You know, I mean, there are ministries. Billy Graham's ministry was huge, but that wave's ended. He's not even here. You understand the wave that he was in, what he was doing, that wave is over. And there are people that are riding waves into the shore now. Different kinds of waves, way of doing do things that they're doing. And the Lord told me, sitting on that, I'm sitting on this surfboard in the middle of the ocean. There are, there are swells coming toward me and waves that are behind me. So I know I'm right on the wave. And he says, you wait on your wave. You wait on your wave. I want you to know some family worship center is waiting on a Holy Ghost wave. Hallelujah. A Holy Ghost wave. Not a self-help wave. Not an idea and a man idea wave. But a Holy... God, what do you want to do? What are your plans? And how do you want to use us in this day? And he told me, you're at the epicenter of what I'm about to do. I don't know what that means. But I heard what I heard. I know what I know. I want you to know, Family Worship Center, we're just a young church. But we're about to catch a wave of the Holy Ghost like we've never caught before. We're about to see what we've never seen before. We're about to experience what we've never experienced before and we're riding on a wave of faith I walk by faith and not by sight somebody say I walk by faith and not by sight I'm not interested in what has been in terms of the church. I want what's coming. I want to step on a I want to step on a wave of the Holy Ghost that takes me to the place that makes a difference and impacts a community and a region and an area and possibly wherever else. How many know God's got something great in store? Come on, I want you to point to yourself and say, God's got something great in store. Come on, say it again. God's got something great. supernatural what I see I see a lot of self-help teaching a lot of accommodation teaching a lot of uh, you know uh, 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 teaching that leads people to stay in something and live with it you're okay nothing's going to change you just accommodate and it's going to be all right I want you to know some God did not intend for us to accommodate in this world he didn't intend for us to just get by in this world he didn't intend for us to just just make it through the mess he intends for us to impact the mess and change the mess when the children of israel walked through the fire jesus walked through it with them somebody say amen and when they came out the other side, the Bible says they didn't smell like smoke. It didn't burn up their clothes and it didn't have them smelling like smoke. I want you to know, believers, when we come through, we're not going to smell like smoke and our clothes aren't going to be burned off. He didn't just expect us to be in the mess. He expected us to walk through the mess. He expects us to be something different. I want you to say my life is supernatural. I serve a supernatural God. Think about any challenge you're in right now and think about the supernatural God. 
Think about anything that's affecting you right now and think about the supernatural God. Think about wherever you're challenged and think, there's a supernatural God working on my behalf. I serve the supernatural, life-changing. I will give you life and that more abundantly. I got to calm down a little bit. I'm about to, I'm telling you, I'm, y'all have no idea what's going on on the inside. This is what it says. In the beginning was the word. I want you to highlight that somehow. Highlight the word. Word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Now I want you to understand this. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. The word. The word was. The word is. And the word will always be. It was before you came. It was before your friends came. It was before. I mean it was before. It is here now while you're here. And when you're gone, it will continue to be. It is eternal word. It's not being formed. It is the word. It's not being constructed. It is constructed. If it doesn't exist, only he can make it exist. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Now, when you, got out, when you, when you go up into your house and you, turn your, you go up to your, your toaster, it, 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 you, you push the button down, the designer of the toaster made it to do what it does. It was constructed and produced to, to toast. Somebody say amen. Now I have a car outside as well. And when I go out there, the designer of the car, all the intricacies of that car were designed by a designer and it was not made to toast. It was not made, it was made to drive. And I don't know about nobody else, I've never driven my toaster. Has anybody driven their toaster? You can't drive your toaster because it wasn't designed to be driven. It was designed to toast. That means that when God created the earth and he created it the way that he is, that he designed it and then he gave us a manual of how to work within the, the thing he designed. The designer made the thing we live on and the designer made us to live on the thing we live on. And he, he designed it in a way that we would live on it a certain way. He gave us instructions on how to live on it. And when we don't follow the instructions, we don't get the results that the designer originally intended. I've never tried to toast anything in my car. I, I think if I did, it wouldn't actually work. I mean, no, it wouldn't work. I mean, you might could go outside, lift up the hood, and put a piece of bread on the manifold or on the engine, and it might actually cook the, 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 the bread or, or, or an egg or something. But it wasn't intended to cook the egg. Nobody's shouting. But we look at our world today and we wonder why people do the things they do. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to tell you why that you don't always end up where you're supposed to. Is because we have to follow the word. You have to obey the word. To do the best you can to obey the word. When you obey the word, you get the results that the designer designed it to make. 
It works that way. I saw the other day these kids were out and they're protesting in front of the schools in Virginia. They showed one place. I don't know if there were more. Usually it's just 100 kids in the media need something to film. So they're out there filming these kids that are mad because of whatever rights that, the, that they claim the governor, governor took away and whatever. And here's the, here's the, here's the thing. You ready? You ready? The people were out there protesting because they didn't know the word. Don't act like that. They didn't know the word. The word doesn't, if, we, if what we do, the way we act doesn't line up with the word, the results won't be right. I'm preaching real good. As believers, we're to line up with the word. The word does not line up with us. That's what I'm telling you. God did not create us so that we could live accommodated. He, he, he came into us to transform. There's a difference between accommodation and transformation. You and your life and what you do is supposed to be transformed. We go from glory to glory to glory. He changes us. He didn't say we just stick in the mess and, and we can get by with it. Pat somebody on the back and say, well, we're praying for you. We're supposed to change it. If somebody's sick, we're supposed to go in with the word and transform the condition. By his stripes, we're going to transform you. You're healed. If you're poor, we're going to come in and believe God that that your poverty will be taken away. He became poor that through his poverty, you could be rich. Transformational. Believers are living transformational lives. It came at the word has been, is, and will always be. It has every answer we need for life. Look at somebody and say, the word, the, the word has the answer. I'm not getting enough. Everybody look at somebody nice and loud and say, the word, the word has the answer. Whatever we're going through, the word has the answer. It has the answer. It's not one of the answers. It's above all the answers. You know, Jesus is not just a doctor. I feel like I'm having to get something into folks today. Because you're still relying on the doctor and hoping Jesus will help him. No, no, I'm relying on Jesus. I hope the doctor can catch what he's trying to get in me. I serve a God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When I wake up in the morning, I'm trusting him. And when I go to bed, I'm trusting him. If I die in the middle of my sleep, I know where I'm going. And I trusted him. I trusted him. I trusted him through COVID. Even if I got the disease, ended up on a respirator and died in the hospital. Here's the good news. I'm going to heaven. I wish somebody would shout amen right there. I'm going to heaven. I mean, the best thing that could happen to me is go to heaven. Somebody say amen. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Not anything was made without him. In him was life and the life was the light of men. That light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. You understand? That light's shining, but that doesn't mean everybody understands it. That's why they're confused. If we could just get inside of them the knowledge that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Not that they won't go anything. We live in a world where we go through some things. But we've got a Jesus that gets us out of the stuff. Gets us out of the things. I'm delivered. I serve a supernatural God. With all the natural stuff that I go through, God can put his super on it. And make it supernatural. Somebody ought to say amen. Supernatural. 
It's the Word. Faith. I walk by faith and not by sight. Much of what's taught today is not really teaching about faith. It's not teaching you to trust, really trust God. It's not teaching people to get delivered. You know, you could be on alcohol, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to AAA or whatever it is. Is it AAA or AAA or is it AA? Is it AA? I think there's some good help there. And I want you to know something. Jesus didn't just come to put you in AA. Oh, I'm preaching so good right now. I, either we believe this thing or we don't. Either we actually believe it or we don't. He didn't come to put me in AA. I'm not saying AA is wrong. But he came to deliver me from alcoholism. He came to deliver me. He came to set me free. I want you to look at somebody. I serve a supernatural God. I'm going to get this in you. Before I leave today, when you walk out here, when you get in your car, you're going to start believing for the supernatural to occur in your life. These aren't just words. That book isn't just a bunch of words on paper. It's not black ink on a white page. That's the Word of God inside that book. It was there before you were there. It's there while you're here, and it'll be there when you're gone. It's not going to change. It didn't change before you got here. It ain't going to change while you're here, and it won't change when you're gone. It's the Word of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I serve a supernatural God. Say it again. I serve a supernatural God. I serve a supernatural God. I live a supernatural life. God wants me to have the supernatural. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Starting at the 18th verse. This is the Ephesians prayer that we read. It's one you ought to read, but I want you to understand the writer, Paul, as he's writing this and defining for us this prayer is not trying to tell us what we're trying to get. The prayer is not about you getting something. It's not the emphasis in this prayer is not that you're going to get something. <coughs> Many of us think that we're just trying to get something. Listen, when you got saved, you got a supernatural God. When you got saved and accepted Christ, you have supernatural strength. You have those things that are working inside of you. And Paul is trying to describe here what is supernatural. He's trying to explain to us. Listen to what he says. He says it this way. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I need you to see this. He wants you to see it. He wants it to be illuminated so you can see what you don't see. What he wants you to see. What you should see. Because see, just because you got saved doesn't mean you see it yet. And it may take some time for you to see it. But when you see it, it's going to be transformational. I need you to have your eyes enlightened so that you can see, enlightened. That you'll be able to know. What are you supposed to know? That you'll know the hope of God's calling. You'll know what the riches of God is in the inheritance in the saints. You'll know what the exceeding greatness of His power to usward is who believe. You'll know the working of His mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him in his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above. Somebody say far above. All principalities. How many? All. 
and power, all powers, not only in this world and dominion, in every name. How many know that name, that name of Jesus, that supernatural name, that word of God is bigger than every name you'll ever hear. It's bigger than, than uh, lupus. It's bigger than cancer. It's bigger than broken hearts. It's bigger than lung problems. It's bigger than cancer. It's bigger, it's bigger than debt. It's above every name that should be named. Now, it's not just uh, above those names. The Bible says far. <laughs> I'm not getting enough shouting. This sounds like a dead church. Somebody ought to shout amen. I'm serving in a far above. Come on, somebody. Far above. Far above every demon. Far above every demonic power. Far above every pestilence. Far above. Far above. Okay, you got to shout over here. Y'all ain't shouted yet. Somebody over here shout. Don't you know? What's living? I want your eyes to be enlightened so you can understand you're not just getting by. You're not just living through it. You're not just being accommodated. But I'm a far, I'm far above. I'm far above. Every challenge, everything that fights against you. Because he says, no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. He's far above. I'm going to get some of y'all to be Pentecostal this morning. You ain't in a Baptist church. You're in a Holy Ghost church. Some of y'all got to understand. When you start opening up your mouth and you start praising Him in the midst of stuff, and when you start praising Him about what you're expecting, and when you start praising Him in spite of some things, and when you start praising Him when you need God to do some things, you got to understand God begins to move because He comes and inhabits the praises of His people. That's why I praise Him. That's why I shout. challenge far above children's issues and I put him this is what it says I put all things under his feet I gave him to be the head of the church which is his body the fullness all in all I want you to see it Paul said, I want you to see there's a hope of his calling. I'm not trying to pray that out. God wants to show me what he already did. I want you to see that there's the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I'm not hoping you'll pray that you can meet your needs. Because God said, my God shall. I want you to see that the needs are already, oh, oh. They're already met. The challenges are already met. The conditions are already met. When you got saved, you received a supernatural God. He's above it. He's over it. It's all under His feet. You see, I have supernatural protection. 
Y'all ain't got no clue what I'm talking about. JT and I are driving down the road. I'd called Amy. We got to meet her to pick something up out of her car. She's got the kids in the car. She's coming down Palmetto Street. And I'm about to turn onto one of the side streets. Edisto or something. I'm about to go down towards Third Loop. Anyway, I, I make the turn and I see her making the turn at the light. And so I'm sitting there and I'm driving down the road with JT and the Lord arrests me in this car. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. But as she's driving, there's a big truck, a big 18-wheeler driving in this lane. She can't see the other lane. She's going to miss the truck making a good turn, except she doesn't see what's on the other side of the truck. Now, for you influencers, you're listening to me. You know, I tell these stories. You all think they happened yesterday. No, these are years of stories. This happened years ago. But as she's coming down that road, makes that turn, this car flies out from behind that truck and broadsides her in the side of her car, smashes her against the telephone pole, bends the car around the pole. As I'm going down the road, Lord, the Lord speaks to my spirit and says, your wife's been in a wreck. I looked at JC and said, turn around, my wife's been in an accident. He turned the car around, we went back, and in fact, there she was, piled up against this telephone pole, car smashed up against her. She's got the kids in the car and her. I want you to know something, I serve a God of supernatural protection. We're in the world. We can't always see stuff. We don't always see who's coming down the side of a truck. We think we made the right turn. She did real good, but she couldn't see that. We live in that kind of a world. But we also live in a world that we have supernatural. When they pulled her and the two kids out, I think it was just two of them, nobody had a scratch, nobody had a bruise, nobody had a broken arm. The car was completely totaled. The car was completely destroyed. But I want you to know something. You can believe whatever you want to, and they can teach you to accommodate, but I want to tell you something. We put supernatural angels... I'm, I'm preaching real good now if you just catch what I'm trying to tell you. I, I want you to understand that there are angels. You can call angels to your car. When you get in your car, you ought to pray, God, put the angels of God about my car. Watch over. Put them about your kid's car. Walk out of that driveway and run some. Put your hand on your child's car and say, I speak them safe. I call them safe in the name of Jesus. Anointed in Jesus' name. And when, when they pulled them out, there wasn't a problem because they got a supernatural protection from God. I don't think that's just one day. I think that's, I hope that the eyes. Ooh, that your eyes. Why do I serve God? Because I've got supernatural help. I've got supernatural help. When I can't do it on my own, when there was no other way. When I... I got a man over in Sumter that we've been believing for, I'll just tell you, and he may hear this, and I hope he doesn't get embarrassed, but I'm not trying to brag on his condition, but Richard's brother that's here, Brother Richard's brother, goes over to our church over there. And not too long ago, he had come down with lung condition and some kind of something that was, I mean, to the point where he was going to die. They did not believe he would live. Like, I wish Richard could tell you all the story, but we don't have time for all that, but... We started believing with him and his family. They started coming to the church. And see, this word that I'm talking about that existed before he did, 
that's here while he's here and will be here when he's gone. Oh, I wish somebody would understand what I'm talking about. His word became flesh. He said faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. See, see, in other words, this is what it's saying, is that faith is the Word of God. Faith is the Word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things I can't receive. If faith comes by hearing, and hearing is by the Word of God, then we could say that the Word of God is the evidence, and the Word of God is the thing, it's the substance. We begin to teach that Word. Not just you're going to get by and we feel sorry for you, and I hope you make it out all right, and boy, Jesus loves you, and we're praying in the distance, and The Bible said they lay hands on the sick. I'm not preaching a lie. I'm not here to accompany, I'm not here to fill these chairs. When I get to heaven, I mean this, when I get to heaven, he's going to say, well done. Because either we teach the word or we just teach stuff to get folks in the pew. We have larger crowds and we just fill up the church. That's, what's, that's, that's why our kids are standing out in front of schools and protesting things we ought to be saying no to. Come on. I'm going to preach truth. You don't, you, you're going to get what I'm talking I'm going to preach it. Preach the word of God. This is the word of God. They'll lay hands on this. We ought to be laying hands on folks. We ought to be praying over people. We ought to be believing for deliverance. We ought to be believing for healing and setting them free. They cast devils out of people. When did we stop acting like devil casting out folk? What day did we get so scared that something was in us? You know why we don't lay hands on more demon-possessed people? Because we're afraid the demon might get in us. We run around chasing folks and chasing people instead of chasing the Word of God. Chase the Word of God. Stick with the Word of God. Stay with the Word of God. Stop chasing people and notoriety and fame. and, and uh, Stop chasing all that. It don't work. It doesn't work. It's not what you need. You need the Holy Ghost and some fire. Brother G, one of the largest ministries in the world from Australia, had music all over the world. People followed that ministry like it was God himself, hoping they could increase and enlarge. The pastor of that church has been, has had to resign And the folks that was following the man for the bigger ended up with somebody that now might go to jail. One of the largest ministries in our country. The pastor just resigned. Twelve number one books. And just resigned because he was fooling around with women in another state. And they found out. I'll tell you what I've found out. When people start abandoning the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I used to listen to music they used to produce. We used to sing it a, a, a lot in our churches. And we just sort of felt like I just didn't want to sing that as much. I didn't know why. I just didn't have an emphasis that that was where it was at, you know. And I noticed the first songs they put out were all about the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost fire, Holy Ghost power. The latest songs they put out were more about people. 
I can't help you. No other pastor can help you. Because it's not the pastor that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing. I'm not getting enough shouting. It has been. It will be. It will always be the anointing that breaks the yoke. If we don't have fire in our churches, then all we've done is made a social club. And if all we did was make a social club, we didn't make a church. I'm preaching real, real good. It's on me. It's like fire on me. It's like fire on me. When we begin to abandon the Holy Spirit in our messages, there's something wrong with our person. There's something wrong when we're afraid of the move of the Holy Spirit. There's something about the power. Something on the inside. He's working on the outside. Hallelujah. I pray when I get done today that I put a fire on the inside of you. That you understand that God has a plan and that He's a supernatural God. And He wants you to live a supernatural... Come on, somebody say, I got supernatural protection. Supernatural forgiveness. Supernatural armor. I came that you might have life. But not just a normal life. No, no, no. See, he put the super on it. That you would have supernatural life. With, oh, I don't know if anybody's getting, not just a normal passive life, but a life full of abundance. I want you to say, God wants me to have an abundant life. And then say, supernatural. Supernatural supply. That my God's going to supply. Oh, I'm going to get it in you. You're going to get it today. You're going to get it. All of my needs. That's your social needs, your, your, your economical needs. Your, God is going to supply all your rest needs. Your rest needs. When you hadn't been able to sleep and you feel like looking at your family and saying, I hadn't slept in four days, and God says, how about you pray in the Spirit and I'll build you up on your most holy faith. I can have supernatural strength, not just my strength, not just my strength, supernatural strength. I can do all things. Come on, church. Do you understand what I'm telling you? God doesn't want you to live in a normal, passive, everyday, accepted life. He wants you to live above, over, over and above. I got up the other day, and I'll tell you, if it, I actually looked at my wife. I said, if this continues, I wasn't claiming it was going to continue because I don't hook up with the devil. But I, I'm getting up, and I got this pain. Boom. And I'm telling you, it was severe. Like, like, like I said to her, if it continues, I gotta, you're going to have to take me to the emergency room. But I don't claim that. I told her, I said, I don't claim that in Jesus' name. I claim my healing. 
I put my hands on that thing. I cursed that thing in Jesus' name. And I spoke the supernatural word of God over that. By Jesus' stripes, you were healed. I don't allow you to stay. I'm not going to keep this pain. I'm not going to keep this cough. I'm not, whatever you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, but you ought to put your hands on your own lungs and say, you're gone. You're clear. You're, I'm free. I'm set free. I want you to put your hand on your heart and say, heart, I command you to beat like normal. Richard's brother was over there yesterday. This man, what did he have, about 10% chance to live or something? I mean, he was in, I mean, dying. They couldn't help him. When he first came to the church, he, he wouldn't even go to a restaurant. Wouldn't, I mean, we, we had to pry him, beg him to come. He don't miss now. He comes every Tuesday. And he went out there and put that tent up yesterday, back up in Sumter yesterday, with his own free body. God is touching him because by... Y'all just keep putting up with stuff and acting like you're a normal human. You're not a normal human. You got a supernatural God. You got help. You got strength. You got ability. You got knowledge. You got supernatural knowledge. Supernatural information. Supernatural help. What need is missing? None. Where do you come up short? Nowhere. I can do. Where are you coming up short? What can't you do? Don't get mad at me for yelling. It's like I can't explain it. But as you start preaching like this, it's almost like you feel like a volcano. If I could just, if I could just get it in you. Supernatural, just think of supernatural forgiveness. Supernatural forgiveness. As deep as the hurts can go. As much as the pain can be. I'm not saying we have to keep, you know, I mean, there is self-protection. We watch out for ourselves. I don't let you keep stabbing me in the eye. I don't have to hang around you no more, but I don't have to hate you either. I got a family member that I really love. I do. I don't have anything against them. No problem with them as people. I don't plan to hang around them. Don't care if they ever come to my house. They don't invite us to dinner. We don't invite them to dinner. They come to town. Anyway, the point is, is at one point, It was extremely unpleasant. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Extremely unpleasant. But you know, when you operate in a lack of forgiveness, you're only hurting yourself. Your involvement is crippled. What you do is crippled. Where you're at is crippled. What you can accommodate, you've got to have supernatural help. Some of you in this room need the supernatural help of God to let stuff go. And walk in forgiveness. I want you to say, I've got supernatural help. Come on, I've got supernatural help. In Romans chapter 4, we are looking at the story of Abraham and Sarah. We know in the original sense that Abraham was called Abram and Sarah was called Sarai. 
At a certain point in time in their age, God changed their name from Abraham, or Abram to Abraham, and from Sarai to Sarah. Raise your hands if you know the story. Abraham and Sarah are the, the people that we would classify as the, the, the faith examples. God, I'm going to read this scripture to you, but I want you to get the story. Abraham had talked to Sarah and Abraham and told Abraham that they would have a child that would populate like the sands of the sea, stars of the sky. A prophetic utterance, a word from God. And the word was with God, and the word was God. It was designed by God for a design God had. I'm just, this is Stephen Carter interpretation. Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. Without the word, I don't have anything. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things I cannot see. Faith is that. Our example from Abraham and Sarah is that Abraham and Sarah are now there, and God says you're going to have a child. At some point in in Abraham's life, he missed the point that the word never fails. And so he went out and got another woman and had another baby that God could not accept because it was not his plan. Abraham decided, I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to promote me. I'm going to make me. I think God told me to do this. He must have meant. See, what I've learned about God is, if you don't know, you don't go. I don't go and hope I know. I don't go and hope it going to work. I don't go in my head. Man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth. It is not head confession. It is heart confession. And so Abraham has been told by God, let's read the scripture. Let's just go there. Romans chapter 4, starting at the 17th verse. I made thee a father of nations before whom... He believed even God who quickened the dead. At this point, we're now talking about an Abraham and a Sarah who tried it a different way. It didn't work. And God comes back, changes their name so that they are now making a confession that they would not have otherwise made. I mean, if he continued to call her Sarah and she continued to call him Abram, that was not God's plan. Sarah's womb was dead. I, you know, I've never met a 99-year-old that was even thinking about having a baby. I don't know anybody who hopes. My wife told me I'm done. We, I'm, I'm serious. We, we, she walked up to me. We had the third one. It was a little girl. She'd had two boys. She won a little girl. Had the little girl. She got her shopping buddy in the hospital. She says, I'm finished. She done. And here he is, Abraham and Sarah, 99 years old, old, 100 years old. I mean, we talking about dead. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Gravity actually works. I found that over the ages that it actually does work. I found out that my beautiful skin that once was so pleasurable and nice is now folded and all different than it used to be. 
I have something that came up under my eye, like some kind of a... Can you see this big rig mark? I'm having to put treatment on it because gravity actually works. And it worked in her life. It's dead. God knows it's dead. This thing ain't working. It's dead. Ain't even a hope of working. It's dead. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It ain't like when you're 18, you know what I'm saying? And all the hormones are working and it's alive. We talking about it's dead. Oh, I don't think anybody understands what I'm saying. I'm, or maybe they do. And God says to them something unique. He says, I want you to call those things. These are not just words. This is God describing to us how things work. And call those things which be not as though they were. He didn't tell them to deny the fact. That they were, you know, because you go to people and say, are you feeling well? They've got Kleenex in their hand, nose is running, stuff's coming down their lip, you know. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? And then you go, how are you doing? Blessed of the Lord. Highly favored. (laughs) Have y'all ever met those people? Come on. Have you met them? And they're telling you what ain't? Do you know what I'm trying to say? They're denying what's really going on. I wish they'd look at me and go, yeah, man, my nose is running. I'm telling you, this is all my stuff. I got stopped up head, but I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm not denying what's going on. I'm confessing what's coming. That my eyes of my enlightened, my eyes would be enlightened, that I would know the hope. Oh, God, reveal it to me. Let me see that I serve a supernatural God. A God that is supernatural enough to take away sickness and disease. To take away poverty. To take away all the things that are trying to destroy me. To move me into a position of growth. David was not the man that everybody was looking for. Prophet came, bring me all your sons. Brought all the sons in, they're going to name a king. Big tall kid, big large guy. They brought all the sons in front of the prophet. All the warriors, all the big shots, all the ones they'd seen on the football field. I'm just, I'm just making up a story, but I want you to understand what God did. If you think you can promote you, I'm preaching real good now. That's why God didn't take me to, my, uh, to, uh, to New York City, put me in the middle of the city, build a church of four million and say, I'm, this is the epicenter of what I'm about to do. He took a little guy over on Palmetto Street and he put inside of him, I want you to know something, Steve. That little old tiny thing that you think you're in is only young. I'm going to march you up an aisle one day. Because you're at the epicenter of what I'm about to do. 
See, y'all might think that might be that we're going to have 10 million in the building. It might be I got the next Billy Graham coming. It might be that I minister to the next. You might be him. Mm. And yet the Bible says, I've got one more. I got one more. He ain't one of these boys. He's not a soldier. He's not anything special. He's nothing to be looked at. He's not an amazing person. He's just out in the field. But see, God saw him in the field. He knew he served a super natural God. And instead of standing out trying to show off, he was in the back of the field with his little harp, worshiping. Because he know, from whence cometh my help. Ooh, somebody. Ooh. As I'm preaching, I feel like I'm getting stronger and stronger by the minute. You don't understand. It's the backfield ministry that really counts. It's the hidden stuff. I know the hearts of a man. And it's the ones who have come in. It's you guys. You want the real blessings? Then you've got to have a supernatural God helping you through the natural stuff. And He needs to turn your natural into the supernatural. Come on, somebody say, I serve a supernatural God. I call those things that be not as though they were. That was their faith. See, the, every time Abraham was called Abraham by Sarah instead of Abram, she was declaring, you're the father of millions of people, of nations. She was speaking into existence what was to come. Every time Abram, Abraham called Sarai Sarah, he was calling her the mother of nations. And they began to confess and act out the will of God, calling things that were not as though they were. I know we don't have any kids. I know that your womb is dead, but you are. Ooh. And every time they said that, they were speaking the super over the natural. I wish somebody would understand what I'm talking about. Some of you got to change your mouth. Don't worry about where you are. Know where God's taking you. Don't worry about getting you to where you got to go. Worry about worshiping. Worry about the relationship. Let God take you there. Let God bring you to that point. Listen, listen to this. You're going to like this. I'm almost done. I'm only four minutes over. Another version says this this way. It says it calls into existence what doesn't exist. Another version reads this way. Who raises the dead to life and creates new things. Wow. The one giving life to the dead and calling things that are not being as being. Another version reads this way. And speaks for things that don't yet exist as if they are real. 
Another version says, and who creates something out of nothing and calls things that did not exist into existence. Oh, if you just understood what this is actually saying. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I walk by faith, the Word, and not by sight. Faith, the Word, comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the Word of God. Faith is the substance of the thing that I hope for and the evidence of what I can't see. In other words, if it doesn't exist, God can create it. If it isn't there, only God's the one who can make it. God is the designer. If God needs to make a new design, He can make a new design. Oh, I wish somebody would understand what I'm saying. He called those things, even though her womb was dead. She, in fact, did have Isaac. They did, in fact, have children. They are nations of the world. Because they were willing to accept the supernatural in their life. They understood they were natural. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver them out of them all. Another one says it this way. Who makes dead live again and speaks the future events with the certainty as if they were in the past. Oh, I got to read that again. I've got, I don't, oh, oh, you might need to go hear this. You need, when you go home, read, listen to this sermon again. Who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with the certainty as though they were already past. Oh, God. Open the eyes. Enlighten my eyes that I can know the hope of the calling of God. The riches of the inheritance in the saints. Open my eyes. And will you put your super on my natural so I can walk in the supernatural.